0: The American Shoreline Podcast Network and CoastalNewsToday.com are brought to you by LJA Engineering with 28 offices along the Gulf Coast. The folks at LJA Engineering are at the top of the craft in the areas of coastal restoration, coastal infrastructure, rivers and channels, numeric modeling, disaster recovery, and design and construction oversight. And now they have a brand new coastal resiliency department headed up by our very own Peter Ravella. Check them out at LJA.com. We are also brought to you by Coastal Transplants. Coastal Transplants prides itself on offering specific environmental and horticultural expertise with practical first-hand knowledge of all aspects of coastal revegetation projects. Their high-quality native and wetland plants, extensive agricultural and horticultural experience, along with their skilled and respectful crews, make Coastal Transplants your one-stop solution for restoring coastal ecology of your barrier island community. Learn more at CoastalTransplants.com. And we are brought to you by the Dune Science Group. Did you know that fiberglass is one of the strongest and most durable building materials in the world? That it is resistant to deterioration caused by UV light and salt water. Well, the Dune Science Group does. They offer a full slate of solutions for dune walkovers and boardwalks that are made of fiberglass and built to last. They can handle your dune walkover project from beginning to end, including permitting, design, and construction of the strongest and most durable dune walkover on the market. Learn more at the dunesciencegroup.com. Hello, everybody,
1: and welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast. This is Peter Ravella, co-host of the show. And this is Tyler Buckingham, the other co-host. Back in Charleston at the Social Coast Forum 2020. And we have with us a great guest, the host of this event, uh, Rebecca Roth, who's the executive director of the National Estuarine Research Reserve Association. The folks who have worked with NOAA and the Office of Coastal
0: Management to put on this great event. Welcome to the podcast, Rebecca. Thank you. Well, Rebecca, uh, we have to say that it has been just an absolute treat so far. Uh, We've had the opportunity to take in the keynote speaker. I should actually go back two steps. We're in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. The weather has been fantastic. Yeah, it is. Uh, We're at the beautiful... Francis Marion Hotel. Francis Marion Hotel, which is a fantastic venue. Uh, We were privileged to be here yesterday, Peter, for a day of trainings and kind of get got our appetite uh, work in here for the social coast forum. So Rebecca, it's great to be here to, to see you in person and um, just to be at this conference right now. um, Tell, tell us a little bit about what has you excited about the social coast forum 2020. Now that we're in it, we've kicked it off. Uh, What, what, what's going well?
2: I, I have to say, when we opened up this conference, just looking at the faces out in the audience and the people being so energized and so happy to be here. I mean, we started on time. People were in seats, ready to go, right? <laughs> totally. doesn't happen.
0: Standing room only. It and was I, standing room And I
2: think on. having the people people, the people that are actually you know out there every day caring about their coastal communities and wanting to dive to that next deeper level of really getting the physical sciences um, kind of connected more with social science and the work that they do every day. So that would ha- that is the you know off the top of my head the thing that had me the most excited.
0: No question about it. We w- we've been talking on our kickoff show just just a few minutes ago about how the vibe here is so positive mm-hmm. and just uh, the energy. The general energy is is really kind of invigorating it's
1: motivated i mean i think people it's not sugar candy coated uh there are folks who are here to talk about serious challenges on the Mm -hmm. american shoreline Mm -hmm. they know it uh and there's a dedication here to the collaborative spirit and the working together spirit Mm -hmm. uh it's an environment that you guys have created that i think is really important uh this is the fourth one right and so uh fifth we're number five uh when you started this is this the is this the is it happening like you hoped
2: i think it far exceeds the expectations when really? it's yes when it started and it sold out with 200 participants and every time we've um had this conference they've increased the capacity we've said let's get more and more people here and, you know, this year, over 300. And there's still a great demand for this, this type of conference, this type of gathering. So um, it's definitely um, exceeded the expectation that any of us um, uh, could have thought it would have um, had back in Fantastic. 2012.
1: That's got to feel pretty good for the team of folks who cooked this up.
0: Well, and I've I got news. Uh, ju- again, Tyler's vibe uh, section here of the show where I get to talk about how it feels to me. But my feeling is, judging from the general vibe, is that next year will be bigger than this year. I just I think that this notion of looking at, as you put it, the, the people people, um, getting them together to, <laughs> I don't want to say commiserate, but certainly share what it is they're working on and how they are addressing the social challenges of managing the American shoreline. I think is just absolutely there it's there's been a hole in our in our uh toolkit here that we that this uh conference and this gathering really fills and it's clear when when you look out across the room at the folks here that uh they're here and they're motivated and they're here for a good reason uh, I, did you get a chance to, I don't know if you were, I know you're running the conference, so
1: pretty busy, but we really enjoyed the undercurrent uh, applied theater program last night. And uh, I wanted to say that was special. There were two classes of students from uh, University of Charleston there. So the room was packed with young people introduced to this complex uh, scenario of responding to climate change in the community, managed retreat, and... I I was listening to the discussion and it was rich and full and there were 30 or 40 people who had important things to say as they explored this landscape through the process that you built and I want to congratulate you guys for bringing that in. I think it's a really effective tool.
2: Yeah, agreed.
1: Well, so the National Estuarine Research Reserve Association, we had a chance to talk about this in the pre-conference show and... I wanted to you know I wanted to go back to this uh, I want our listeners to understand what the National estuary Research Reserves are and uh, and why they are important and how they connect to this sociological uh, you know focus that you have here at the conference can you kind of knit that
2: together Rebecca <laughs> sure so our coastlines are filled with estuaries everywhere and I just have have to say, where the river meets the sea. Those open areas, those estuaries that do so much for our communities. And some of these communities around the country, 29 of them, um, thought that their place was so special that they, along with their state and NOAA, said, let's protect these places in perpetuity. Let's make that happen. So what you have around the coasts, the Great Lakes, and Alaska and Hawaii are Designated um, Estuarine Research Reserves. And so these are places that are members of their community that it's where a whole lot happens. And it happens synergistically. So what you have is you have these amazing estuaries that are protected lands that they get managed by people, right? So that they stay pristine. They stay places where you can go kayaking and hiking and, yeah. and be part of... Um, you know, a really beautiful area, right? And then there's researchers, right? They research, you know, they research um, questions that the communities in that area have about changes to their shoreline.
1: So let's get engaged. Let's get smarter. Let's get motivated. Get everybody involved to take care of these special places that we all love and enjoy for their economic value, their spiritual value, Mm -hmm. recreation the National Estuarine Research Reserve. So, if there's one of these in your area, you ought to look it up as a as a general public person and say, "How do I get involved in in participating in the management of the Estuarine Research Reserve in my area? How do, if I was a Joe Schmo citizen, how would I go about doing that?"
2: Well, twenty two of these have local friends groups and volunteer opportunities. Um, even the ones that don't have a quote friends group organization have volunteer opportunities so it's really easy to go to the NIRA website nera.org to go to you know Noah's website or to just Google your place you okay. know look up any of those reserves and typically they'll say how do I get involved how do I volunteer you know it Perfect. could be citizen monitoring it could be docent work um, you know the thing about these places is that not only are they researching But they're taking their research and they're sharing it with the schools. So in some communities, every seventh grader, this is their science program. They come to the reserve. Wow. And in addition, there's like fabulous training that happens from that science. Once we know more, we take it to decision makers, to the public and say, here's more information. And we provide free training. Wow.
1: So when I was in seventh grade, we didn't get to do anything that cool for our science project i think i was i hear you i was lima beans and you know i forget alcohol like did they grow in alcohol you know no that was my science project in seventh grade being involved with the national estuarine research reserve would be great so the nera website you get n-e-r-r-a.com dot Org. org dot org i'm sorry org and And you can look it
0: up where they are, how to reach out to them, all of that stuff. Um, You know, it's it's interesting because when you think about uh, this program, it really is a grassroots community based notion that these spaces are um, so special that the community themselves went. It wasn't just the higher power Mm -hmm. reaching down and declaring, hey, we like what you got over there comply with us. It was a true I'm going to say bottom up Mm -hmm. with support from the from NOAA at the federal level all the way down to friends of groups and community volunteers in the in the area. And I have to say that this is so appropriate that we're here at the Social Coast Forum where we're talking about society, because when you look at a grassroots organization like that, that is the type of organization and the type of construction of a community that will be resilient because it is those types of organizations, those types of um, uh, communities that are in their environments and that are aware of the changes that are happening that are oftentimes not, you know, uh, uh, absolutely. You know, we on coastalnewstoday.com, you can read all about what's going on changes that are happening in the environment all over the american shoreline but truly to experience it to be out in it and to have a community the community fabric built around the the, the coastline around yeah. their coastal identity mm-hmm. i think is such an important thing and it's just so cool that we're you know so many folks here are are gathered together uh to share the various ways that they've interfaced with the community so that brings a question to my mind, Rebecca, as the
1: executive director of the association, is, is this model of management and engagement, it seems this has got to be the coming trend when you start to look at climate change and adaptation. Is the, is the Eshwin Research Reserve management model, engagement model, expandable to other issues in communities, even where the boundary is not drawn?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I did want to say that it's it's been such a successful model that currently there are three new designations where governors of the states have written in and said, we want a reserve in our state. We want that, too. How cool. So Connecticut, Louisiana, Wisconsin, they have pending designations um, at the forefront. So I do think that this, um, this model is something that we see um, transferred because these places that people know and trust and love Trust the people that work there, they serve to convene groups. It doesn't have to be, well, we're gonna talk about nature or the salt marshes. It could be we've just weathered a disaster and we need a place to bring people together. Mm-hmm. Some of our reserves were actually safe havens for individuals that didn't have housing. It's like here, you can use the visitor center. We've got places wow. for members of the community. So this is their, you know, this is their place and it is the bottom up. Um, Which is how we've been doing coastal management for many years in this country, not just the reserves, but in working, you know, Mm -hmm. with local local governments and communities to try to, you know, do better planning, do better, um, you know, better engagement of the community.
0: But one thing that I think um, the reserves do is that they are reserves and there is a, as you said, the word perpetuity is in the uh, is in the mission. And I think that that challenges us in a way that, oh, protecting um, a row of beach houses, while it is by all means extremely important, and I'm not, I would never dismiss um, the importance of protecting people's homes and property, et cetera, but uh, when you are, when the community takes such, I mean, the long view almost serves, it doesn't do perpetuity justice I mean, this is about, this is a statement about uh, our values as a society. Uh, it's a statement about not so much, certainly our own person, our lives in totality and our relationship with our environment and our, mm-hmm. the, you know, the estuary that we love. But it's also about your children and your grandchildren. I mean, it gets into kind of that national park, you know, these are, these are our, You know as teddy roosevelt said it's for your children and your grandchildren i mean this in your children's children these are um major and you know i find this to be incredibly aspirational and inspirational uh, notions and what's what's interesting about that is that to to combine such lofty goals with like trash pickups on Saturday and, you know, friends of groups that so we're going to get together and we're going to kayak the thing and, and we'll do a, you know, a, a birding training. If you've never birded, but get people, you know, the, it's just a, it's a really interesting blend of like extremely lofty goals and very achievable means in, in, you know, that, that we need to do in order to meet our goals. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And one thing that is, is just so um, true and apparent with estuaries that they are like the best friends of the people that live in the community, because without being asked to, they protect the homes by taking the first, you know, hit of the wave uh, energy, they, they improve water quality, because they filter out all the crud that comes through the watershed, um, they help um, the fish and seafood you know grow they, they become the nursery, the nursery farm. habitat so yeah. it's kind of like these are really good friends to the community which is why you know for uh, you know for pennies really in terms of what people value what we know that they value, there's this there's this huge return um, back, and so I don't know we can ever really quantify that value to so many of us that just
0: you know there was a training there, there a training yesterday on just that subject <laughs> like how you know this is this is a major subject uh, here which is how do we convey these values mm-hmm. you know um, and it's it is it's a very interesting problem communicating uh, yeah not only just a dollar value. But also our our emotional and spiritual connection and the value that that has to our quality of life and mm-hmm. you know the, the like I said before the fabric of our communities. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think the the services provided
1: by our estuaries is quite right and part of the reason that Coastal News Today came about is is. The lack of appreciation of that. And I used to use the example when I was at A&M at Galveston and standing on Galveston Island and looking across Galveston Bay to Texas City, which is the petrochemical refinery complex in the Houston area, and thinking that there was a guy standing on the other side of the bay looking over at Galveston Island, and he's looking at that waterway as their transit corridor, as the way that they're getting their product in and out, I'm standing there as a biologist thinking about the health of the bay, and there's another person or family on that shoreline thinking about what's the status of the oyster beds that we are that are the our livelihood or the shrimp industry and recreational guides. And everybody's looking at this same object, if we can call it an object, from the perspective of their own utility with it. And I don't know those people over there. And what I care about is impacted by them and what I and what they're doing impacts me and it's this reaching across the bay and the estuary and drawing together the community that you guys are dedicated to it's what I really love about Mm -hmm. the association and about the conference too
2: right it's really recognizing that we may all be in a certain swimming lane but if we at the end of the day I mean I just find people everywhere that love their place they love their reserve and they whether they are with industry or um, you know commercial interests or recreation or families or educators they love it and they all come together around something that matters to them so their backgrounds are almost irrelevant in the work we do because we have volunteers from you know every walk of life and that is really cool because it's the shortest connection between two people
1: Yep. Well, I have always I tell Tanner and I talk about what would we want to do with the network of ASPN. I've always wanted to do the Great Bays and Estuaries of America series, which is about a, you know, a 5 or 10 day investigation of three or four shows out of every estuary in America where you talk to all of the players and the people and you convey the value of these spectacular coastal mm-hmm. features. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do that someday, and I'd never thought of it. They should do it through the Neers. They're all set up. There's already 29 of them. Mm-hmm. That would be the way. That's to, the way to do that's it. That's Pete. the way to do it. We should do the Great Basin Estuaries of America series. Okay, so Bill O'Byrne, who's one of our coming co-hosts on ASPN, gave me a question for you, and he said, "Can you ask about the collaborative science initiative that the Neers are undertaking? The collaborative science initiative."
2: Sure. So the research reserves have been doing collaborative science for a lot of years now. Um, and they've kind of um, they're on to something in a way that many have tried to replicate. Hmm. And what this means is that when they go to do research and answer community questions, that they are actually going to listen to you in the community and say, what is it that you want to know? Uh-huh. And then if we're not getting it right and we want to go off on some academic tangent, you have the people that are going to actually read the, you know, what you come up with and are going to actually use the information and, oh. and they can flag you down and say, hollow notes. let's go right back to the question we have and what we need your help with. We don't Ooh. need you to, to make new science that is irrelevant to helping our community. We need help understanding X water quality and what's happening in, in, um, you know, the the estuarine environment to our water and so forth.
1: That's putting, uh, letting go a little bit and letting the community guide the science and the resources to their benefit. That's like a cool idea. It's
2: messy. It's super messy. It's expensive. It doesn't always work. And it's certainly not something we can just put a bow on at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to help the people, if we're going to actually make a difference locally, um, and you know where we know people are at we have to we have to show up and we have to be sincere about adapting how we do our work to fantastic answer the questions
1: to have the courage to enter the messy world of humanity and human beings is what I think the hosts of this conference understand and are dedicated to getting as good at it as they can We're from Charleston, South Carolina at the Social Coast 2020 Forum with the Executive Director of the National Estuarine Research Reserve Association, Rebecca Roth. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we really, really appreciate you putting this together and letting us come here to participate and to learn from what you guys are, you are
0: doing. Are you kidding me? You're, so <laughs> the far, idea that you're, you're going to get head. this
2: to more people <laughs> this is this is fantastic. We're so thrilled that more more people will get to.
0: Well, we're thrilled. Participate. We're we are thrilled to do it. And uh, I think it's only appropriate uh, that we once again say it's nera dot org And um, if folks are interested in getting involved or making a financial contribution or something like that, can they do it there or do you have any additional instructions?
2: Oh, sure. There's a donate button. We always take donations, but we do have each reserve that you can go link to their website, their friends group, and get that additional volunteer information. And they're doing really fun, fantastic things.
0: Awesome well thank you very much Rebecca and uh, very much looking forward to the rest of this conference Never coming back
2: again.